Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, From the Depths of Darkness to the Light of Success. I am your host, Chris Swick, and on this podcast, we talk about mental health, addictions, ADHD, eating disorders, and really anything anyone's afraid to talk about at the end of the day, let's make them afraid to not talk about these things going on in the world and break these stigmas with anything that anyone's afraid to talk about. I believe everyone's story is valuable at the end of the day. Doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. You're all welcome on this platform. You can find the podcast over on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on the notifications. You can see every podcast episode in full video format over there. Head over to Spotify, Google. I'm on Good Pods. That's a great app, everyone. If you're looking to find different podcasts, so many great shows over there. And it's all in one location as well, which is amazing. Also, I would love to introduce to you my next guest. All the way from the UK and London, I got Shashini Basu. You want to take it away and let them know a little bit about you and stuff? And before we get started, her and I found each other on GoodPod. She reached out to me there, emailed me and said, looking for a right fit for my show. And I thought the story we have coming today, folks, is amazing. So you can take it away and let them know a little bit about you, please. Thank you so much, Chris, for like having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's, so, it's so fabulous to meet other people, other podcasters through these kind of apps. It's fantastic. And uh, again, really appreciate you having me on here. So yeah, so I have a really quite a weird background. It's just quite a mix of things. But I am a journalist, first and foremost. I have a lived experience of mental illnesses as well as physical illnesses. So I am uh, legally disabled. And um, also I'm recovered eating disorder. I've had a eating disorder growing up as well, which I've recovered from, thankfully. But yes, but aside from that, I am also a multilingual intelligence expert. So a vast array of different uh, topics I can usually talk about. But yes, uh, mental health is something I'm very passionate about, for sure. And that's amazing. What made you yourself so passionate about mental health? I think it was just for the fact that I was very much like alone growing up with it. And there was so much stigma in terms of having a diagnosis and not really having anyone to talk to about it. And especially from coming from a South Asian community, it's, it's like just not talked about. It's completely taboo. And it's still very much viewed in, in many senses in, across the world as something that is worth hiding. And so it just, it really took me to, until I got physically disabled to actually push me to actually start talking about the mental health side. It was so much easier to talk about having a physical disability than it was to have a mental health disability. So it was quite sort of a 180 degree change when that happened because actually it gave me a platform to start talking about it. So yeah, it was really quite um, a harrowing experience to be 17 years old and being diagnosed with a mental health uh, condition, not really understanding how to deal with it, but yeah. And what was it like when you were first diagnosed at 17 years old? What were some of those thoughts going through your, your head, your body and stuff like that? And then also being diagnosed with a physical disability that you just mentioned too. What is that all about? Yeah, it, so it's really strange. I somehow think it's somehow connected in some shape or form because the nervous system is a remarkable thing. The body is a remarkable thing and the body does keep the score sometimes. So... In my own case, I was uh, 
it was a really quite a harrowing experience of being told that I had a borderline personality disorder. And that was my way of coping with very traumatic incidents that I'd grown up with. And, um, and it made me feel like there was something wrong with me because obviously no one talks about it. So for years and years, I just had this kind of big secret of having this illness and working in major sort of areas in the world in terms of being a professional journalist for a newsroom and not being able to actually talk about the fact that I was having really bad days sometimes and uh, it was just something I had to hide. And when overnight I became physically disabled, so I had an underlying chronic condition which hadn't been diagnosed and within overnight I'd lost the use of my arms. It was uh, quite a harrowing experience to be diagnosed with a condition that was very similar to MS but a very rare form of it. So yes, it, it was uh, being 17 with a mental health diagnosis and being 27 with a physical health diagnosis. So 10 years apart, totally changed your life, changes your life. And so today you don't have use of your arms at all? I have got limited use of my hands again. It's not uh, 100% anymore. And it's same for my legs as well. So I have i can't walk very well. I can't use my arms very well. I have a lot of sort of various other issues in regards to the condition because it's a degenerative condition. And I played guitar for 25 years and I can't play guitar anymore. And you just make do with what you have. So as you can see, I have a keyboard behind me. So I try my best to try and keep up the music in some shape or form, but I can't play my guitar like I used to, which is quite sad. It was a remarkable thing to have for as long as I did because it helped me through my mental health crisis. Yeah, I think things happen for a reason. It just, my musical sort of talent helped me through my mental health crisis and then I made it to my physical health condition. So I'm trying to find new ways really. And that's amazing. And you've started your own podcast as well, speaking on whatever you do speak on in there. And tell everyone a little bit about that and what's the show called and stuff. Yeah, funny enough, it's called How to Be. Because one thing I realized is that growing up is, as kids, you, you don't actually learn any of the sort of basic life skills in terms of resilience, motivation, competence. And it was one thing I felt like I was really lacking. There was just so many areas where I was really lacking, which is why it was called How to Be. And one thing I really realized is that I used to hide in books. Books helped me a lot, just reading a lot. And so I started reading my way through, trying to find the, the answers or trying to find key tips to actually help me through these sort of different areas. And I realized, actually, I'm not the only one and there's so many people in the same boat as me so basically it started off as sort of reading through all these books giving these uh, this advice giving tips and then I was interviewing the authors of these books and interviewed some amazing people and they've shared such incredible knowledge from their own storytelling their own experiences and yeah it's been quite a remarkable journey just meeting so many people I love that with the podcasting world. You, you meet so many amazing people from all walks of life and people that are willing and open to share their story and getting vulnerable. I find getting vulnerable with yourself and with others is huge for healing. Definitely. So true. 
and just sharing those experiences because you know, you realize you're not alone in these things and the fact that the podcasting world has so many different people within the mental health sphere is fantastic because that's at least one way to get the word out and have these discussions as well. I, I really hail the podcasting industry for really bringing this out to the sort of pl main platform, mainstream platforms. And, and it's, it's amazing because there's so many different niches out there. You can find whatever you want in podcasting today. And it's amazing whether it's from sports, news, true crime stories, definitely, you know, true stories of other people sharing their stories, mental health journeys, whatever it is that you want, just type it in that Google search or search engine somewhere and you will find it. That's the amazing world that we live in today. Definitely. Whittling wood, even you just anything. Exactly. Go down those rabbit holes. <laughs> Definitely. Oh gosh. Yeah. So easy to fall down those traps. <laughs> For sure. So what do you value most in a friendship today? I think honesty is still very important. Uh, honesty and also having some sort of openness. Being non-judgmental is a very big thing because we all have battles that we face. And I think that it's really important that we have an open mind and help support each other through the private battles, you could say. Because not everyone knows what you're going through exactly, but at least they can be there as a support system. So that's very important. I, I love that you say that too, being non-judgmental. Put yourself in that other person's shoes and just be there to listen for them. They don't, they don't not everyone's always looking for an answer either. They're Sometimes they just need you to sit there and listen to them and support them in that way. And that's the best way. Sometimes just sitting there and shutting up is the best support you can be for someone sometimes going through something. Oh, 100%. 100%. Because exactly, sometimes you don't want unsolicited advice. If you want advice, you'll ask for it. And so exactly, being there as just someone who's listening is so important, especially in this sphere. So yes, for sure. Do you think, let's touch a little bit on like dreams and outer world experiences. Can dreams be associated, you think, with un the unforeseen future? I always think that dreams are places where you can analyze yourself. So whether that's actually looking into the future, it maybe just gives you a roadmap in terms of what you could, giving you the options of what's available. So that's how I've always seen my own dreams because I have very vivid dreams. Oh, you're one that has very vivid dreams as well. I don't remember my dreams per se, but sometimes like I'll remember little bits and pieces. My partner as well, she has very vivid dreams too. So, and goes into really deep detail, like when she explains them to me. So yeah, I, yeah. I can see that she remembers them or, you know, sees things very vividly in them too. Clear as day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because some people, exactly, my partner doesn't see any dreams at all. And there's just people who just, a few of us who can really just sit there and take on board straight after you've woken up what exactly has happened in your dream. And I've always found it really helpful as soon as you wake up. A lot of people have dream journals and things like that just beside their bed just to make a note of what you've dreamt. Because as soon as you start blinking, apparently, that's when your brain starts to wake up and forget what you've dreamt. So that's what I've been told in terms of just get up, write it down straight away and try not to write it on, on your phone because your phone will overstimulate you. Yeah. 
So do you write down your vivid dreams then in the dream journal and stuff like that? or a... Sometimes I do, especially f for ones that have really affected me. So I've woken up feeling really moved in some way or it's really triggered something. I will write it down and see, okay, where exactly is, is it triggering? So I can just look back and maybe self-analyze a bit, see what's happened throughout the day and think about, okay, why I could have had that kind of feeling. No, that makes total sense. And then it's something you can go back on as well and reflect on that. If it's something that maybe happens again in your dream, okay, this happened at this, I dreamt this night or this day as well. Maybe it's a reoccurring thing as well. Yeah. It's something you look into further. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it is, I'm like, we can reflect both in waking time and whilst we're dreaming. And um, we are reflective being, beings as human beings. And so <laughs> we do tend to always think about what we're doing during the day, but we don't necessarily write down what we're doing during night either. And everything has some kind of meaning, I, I believe anyways. No, and you don't have to believe in everything, but there is certain things that you dream about that do have meanings and stuff. If you go look them up, there's, you know, different definitions for different things that you dream or things in your dream as well. And maybe some things come to fruition or, okay, well, maybe that's why I dreamt that because this event happened at this date or whatever. Exactly. You, you Sometimes you just don't realize, especially if it's buried deep in your subconscious, you know, what exactly it might be an anniversary you don't realize and it will just suddenly pop up in some shape or form if you've not really thought about it consciously throughout the day yes mm. <laughs> no 100 percent. you're just digging deep into that subconscious mind of yours it can be a Definitely. crazy world in there that's for sure <laughs> always a roller coaster i'm like we got uh, our brains are far more advanced than any computer that will ever be built so oh yeah the, the, they there's so many people that say that you say that and I read that all the time. We are very much more far advanced than any computer system ever built out there for sure. For sure. For sure. I've heard it. There's something close to, if I'm not mistaken, sort of 10 million synapses or something working at one given time, which is incredible. Um, That's so. insane. Like how many parts there are to our brain alone. <laughs> yeah. So true. Um, it's just, we're, yeah, we're way too advanced for our own good. <laughs> Some days we are. <laughs> so do you experience feelings of anxiety or discomfort when you're around others in certain situations? Yeah, completely. I what am are an some introvert. of those situations? Well, I'm an introvert. So okay. it's I'm a social introvert. So basically I love talking to people, but after a while I'll need alone time to recharge, essentially, in quiet time. And so after a while, if I've been in a situation where I'm overstimulated for too long, then I start becoming quite anxious. And that's where I definitely need to just step back and just be like, I need to find a space to quietly recharge. So yes, and I do recommend Susan Cain's famous book, Quiet, on her introversion for other introverts out there. So yeah. <laughs> so, yeah that's a good read. So yeah, I know if anyone out there is like an introvert as well and needs that quiet time, go check out the book that... Shishwadi just uh, recommended it. Uh, sounds like a good book, you know, to recommend to someone that is an introvert. Yeah. And, and obviously, yes, I, I will have moments of anxiety just from years and years of dealing with various sort of mental health issues. I, I will find I, especially with having BPD or as it's now more commonly known as EUPD, which is a emotionally unstable personality disorder, 
it's that you cannot regulate your emotions. I will either be completely on too many emotions or completely off no emotions. Anxiety becomes quite a big part of that if you are completely switched on. So you've just got to find ways to manage it on a sort of day-to-day basis. And how do you go through your day managing once you were diagnosed with uh, borderline personality disorder or BPD? How do you go through your day managing it? Because some days are probably better than others, right? Yeah, completely. It's just, and that's the thing, it's like with these sort of uh, conditions, yes, largely they are important labels for medical professionals to understand and how to die, how to treat you. So that's quite important. And, but on a day to day, it's more like anyone else having good days and bad days. We're all on a spectrum, on the mental health spectrum of some shape of kind, shape or form. Just like we are on the physical health spectrum, we have colds and flus and things like that. And some days we're just better than other days. And just like that, it's the same with having a mental health condition. So on a day to day, you manage things like hilariously, I do an insanely intense job. It's I'm looking at very traumatic things as part of my job. And so it's you manage it by finding space for yourself. Self-care is like a hundred, but that's the most important thing to get you through it. You must find ways of coping and each way of coping is individual to each person. For me, it's like just sometimes just taking quiet time, reading, watching trash trash television, watching cat videos, things like that helps me switch off sometimes. But given the type of job that I do, which is extremely intense, it requires a huge amount of effort to take care of yourself. So in talking about this intense job, what is it that your job title or your job entails you to do? I can't actually properly talk about it because it's confidential. I work in the intelligence field. So I do look at extremely disturbing things in that field. But I know that even in my journalism days, I would be looking at very traumatic um, incidents in terms of wars, very violent images and things like that. As part of that, you really have to find ways to and find healthy ways to take care of your mind because it's very easy to just slip into, oh, I'm going to go to the pub after work or I'm going (laughs) to take a smoke, a smoking break sort of thing. And it's better to find ways to just manage your mental health on a sort of a long-term basis through really more healthy self-care methods like mindfulness, meditation. I've really been trying to get into meditation myself a lot lately too. And especially starting out with it first thing in the morning when you wake up, grab that glass of water. Or I had a guest on recently too, get up and have a glass of water, hydrate yourself to start the day and then get on with your day. You know what I mean? Then go to your next thing that you're doing, whether it's the gym or meditation or a walk or whatever it is. Okay. Start that day with some hydration. 100% because your body is like completely hydra- dehydrated throughout the night and your body is basically completely made of water. So it needs hydration as soon as you wake up. So I'm terrible. I can't, I can't really say that I drink a lot of water which is uh yeah so I really need to practice what I preach there but yes definitely I aim I aspire to drink more water I even have a nice water jug that's 800 milliliters or whatever Perfect. it is and if you have if I have two to three of those during the day at work I'm I'm usually pretty good and pretty well hydrated then and I have a couple coffee decaf coffee now caffeine so well done well done <laughs> 
caffeine that's a tough was, one. <laughs> caffeine was huge for me when I was drinking 15 to 20 cups a day. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, oh, that's intense. And then add that in with my ADHD and <laughs> oh, oh, you got a big, oh, big bomb waiting to go off some days. <laughs> that's intense. And then oh, your God. mind's racing and. <laughs> yeah, yikes. And people forget the caffeine is, is another form of a drug. So, oh, you know. stimulant. <laughs> exactly. So it's just, oh my God, it's a legal drug. So, you know, it's a cheap form of cocaine. <laughs> Indeed. And if you have 15 to 20 cups of it, you're getting there. You're getting there. <laughs> yeah. And actually, speaking of, here's my water bottle. I have a water bottle that has hours that I need to make sure I drink by. Oh, nice. I've seen those before. That's awesome. And make sure you fill drink it all. Exactly. It's the only way, otherwise I won't drink it. And I stole that from my partner because um, I was just like, I'm doing such a bad job at this. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, if you're using it, maybe he wasn't using it. Maybe. I hope. So what is it that you really liked that at the time, circle back to your journalism days, what was it that really got you into journalism? Was there something that really attracted you at the time? Do you know, it wasn't even at the time. I was 12 years old when I wanted to be a journalist. I found a diary from my days of being 12 years old and my teacher had written in it, I hope you get to be a journalist one day and live in China. And that's exactly what I ended up doing. You so, ended up in China too? Yes. Yeah, I had lived in China for four years and it was such an incredible experience but it was just meant to be really I, I think again subconsciously it was pushing me towards it I just found it fascinating journalism has always been in my mind a way to a vehicle for um, the truth and information and giving a voice to those who are voiceless and having been through my own sort of own situations it just it really made sense for me to bring that platform for other people to so that's why I, I got into it. And obviously... And you worked for a big like news company at the time too. Like, were you working for BBC or who were you working for? Yeah, so I worked at the BBC at one point. I worked at The Guardian. Uh, I ended up in ITV News and Channel 4 News, but I was there for years. And I went from print media into TV news, which was... Um, obviously a whole other kettle of fish very fast paced and but it was it was an incredible experience and it's really it's, it's difficult field it's a very difficult field but just so rewarding when you do it because you're, you're doing something really important and you're trying to provide something very important to people and just being at the forefront of that was really quite something Mm. And, and now what types of stories were you very keen and interested in, in sharing and the truths about them and stuff like that? Like, were there certain topics that were at the top of your list or ones that you excelled in more than others? Yeah. I'm like, cause I, I was an activist for many years. I was for working. What? Oh, so gender activist. So I worked in the field of like rape crisis, domestic violence. So I very much, I found those kind of sort of stories really important to share because it was just so, it's so harrowing listening to people go through things like that. And it was just so important to bring to the forefront some of the atrocities that happened in that situation. Before I was in journalism, I was doing mar marching through the streets and create doing like creating rallies and being part of organizing rallies and sort of events and things like that and the journalism was just an, uh, the next stage to bringing more people and more awareness to this sort of issue 
now where there was certain issues in certain corners of the world or just worldwide? Worldwide, because it just affected everyone in some shape or form in different ways, of course. But then things like, for example, period poverty affects like across the world. We have people in the UK who cannot afford to buy simple sanitary products and things like that. That is a worldwide issue. Things like that were really important for me to highlight through the writing. But before that, I was doing the actual activism side of it, going out, doing awareness, campaigning, fundraising, etc. That's amazing to see everything that you've accomplished thus far in life, including that all in all, including that with your mental health issues and your physical disability that you were diagnosed with, you know, at the young age of 27 and stuff like that. So it's amazing to see how far you've come and what you've accomplished everything that's going on behind the scenes with your own personal life. I think, yeah, it helped. It helped having someone else to work for and to help because I, you realize that it's not just you're part of something much bigger and that whatever happens to you is not in a vacuum. And um, it gives you strength in a way by helping other people. And I think voluntary and service is just such an important part of recovery just in any shape or form, whether you have an addiction, whether you're battling some level of sort of mental health disorder, service is such a powerful vehicle to actually move forward. I love that you say that, like volunteer, going out and helping someone that needs help, whatever it may be, just a random act of kindness, anything really. It's, it's a good vehicle, like you said, that helps you move forward and helps you recover as well, gives you hope. In, in turn, you give someone else hope as well. Yes. And then you're a part of a collective and you realize suddenly you are one amongst many and you have a family in that way by creating this sort of opportunity for yourself. So I always found it incredibly important, which is why even now I still volunteer in some shape or form whenever I can. Just been volunteering <laughs> since I was very young. It's just very important for me. For sure. And, and it's important to do that and important to instill that in the youth coming up under us today about volunteering. It's not all, all about sitting on your phone and immersed in your phone or the social media world and stuff like that. There's so much more out there in the world that you can enjoy person to person. It, it, there's so much more out there than just sitting on your phone playing games or in your room playing video games and talking to people through a screen and stuff like that. Definitely. Like, <laughs> and dancing but, on TikTok and things like that. Yeah, those are fun to do once in a while or whatever, but they're, but you're all right. There's so much more to life out there than doing all that crap at day in, day out, 20 hours a day or whatever yeah. you, as you'd like to spend on those social media sites. And I find myself, I have to catch myself sometimes yeah. too. Like when I start going down those rabbit holes or when I get depressed or feeling anxious, I feel like it's filling that dopamine hit for me. All right, I feel yeah. better now because I've done it. But really, it's not making me feel better. It's like a, it's, um, it's, it's only like a, ah, what's the word to use here? It, it's, it's only like a short term effect though. It's not yeah. like it's solving all world, my world problems right now or anything like that. Like I have to put the work in. If I want to see results and stuff like that, I have to dig deep and share those vulnerable moments or share the shame that I have around certain things and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Because I still feel shame around certain things that I've done in my past, but working through those, that shame with either your partner or a therapist or 
writing it out on paper so you can look back and reflect as well is very important, I find. 100%. You're completely right in terms of there are some long-term consequences to sitting on social media all the time. I have an app blocker so I can keep an eye on what, how much I'm using and it will block whenever <sighs> like certain time comes around. Everything I actually do that too. The, it's funny you say that. Like mm-hmm. I have all my notifications off. The only notifications I actually have on are my emails, my mm-hmm. text messages, and my phone really. No notifications pop yep. through. And at a certain time in the day, actually all my apps shut down. Like I have to actually like physically go in and hit a few buttons to actually get mm-hmm. in. And I have, sometimes I have to go in after those hours or whatever, and that's fine, but they actually all shut down. So there's no, nothing that's going to distract me. Only thing that I have coming through at all times is my emails because I use my phone for work and those types of things yeah. too. But other than that, text messages and f- emails and, th- and a few other things are the only like notifications that come through on my phone and that's it. Yeah. That's that- the, no notifications are on at all, except for those really at all times. That's good though. That's definitely good. I I think it makes a big difference just to have those all switched off because they're just basically, it's temptation, isn't it? They're just, these companies are wanting you to spend time on their apps because obviously that's how they gain their economy. You've got to be very conscious of what you're doing with these apps. So yes, I think you're right to switch off these notifications. So yeah. And don't get me wrong, there the apps are great to build your community, build your following, but make good use of them too. Like you can build your business on these apps too, and that's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But use it wisely. Use your time wisely. I've the, over the last while, I've gone through and who I'm following, and I've really been really selective on who follows me and who I and who I'm following as well. If you want to get rid of negativity out of your life, you have to do it in all areas of your life, yeah. including social media. I used to be one that loved you know whatever, going to the bar and seeing a good bar fight or whatever. But why am I following these ages that are promoting people fighting and stuff like that? That's not going to get me out of that mentality or that mindset if I'm still following and watching this crap or scrolling through my feed and it pops up and stuff like that. It's time to unfollow these things that don't serve me any purpose. And I think everyone out there should do the same thing. If it's not serving you any purpose or that person or that page or whoever, it is not serving you any purpose in your life, but negativity, it's time to get rid of them because you are who you hang your, put yourself around at the end of the day. If you want to be successful, put yourself around successful people. Mm-hmm. If you want to become a millionaire, hang out with millionaires, like those types of things. And yeah. Want to be, become a journalist, hang out with Shishwadi. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Uh, it's really important also not to go down the com- comparisonitis route either. That one too. I, we yeah. talk about it all the time on the show. Like, oh, I wish I, I was better. Why is that person getting more likes? Who cares what your likes are? Like, that's at the end of the day. I don't even care how many people, one person, as long as one person listens to my episode, that means that message got across to exactly. one person and then I've won. Yeah, you know, I've, 100%. I've, I've become successful. It doesn't matter if 25 people listen to an episode, 50, 100. It doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't even look at the numbers. Like, really, the only time I see the numbers now is when I upload an episode, schedule the next episode sort of thing. Other than that, I don't have any reason to be in there, really. Yeah, and it's very easy to lose sight of why you begin stuff. You begin it with the intention of, and that's really important, being intentional with everything that you do. But yes, starting a a podcast, for example, with the intention of trying to help people and then realizing that all you're thinking about is the numbers, that's when you lose sight of why you started. <laughs> so, Or the, the good old pod fade, they call it. Like You're just going to fade out and then all of a sudden most people on average... Well, they'll 
quit after five to seven episodes. Uh, there's proven facts and statistics out there, yeah. but don't be one of those people. Have a purpose. What's your purpose? What's your why? And it'll push you through to the next episode. Like you always have to have content planned or for my sake, I love interviewing people and hearing their stories. So like everyone, like I said, has a story at the end of the day. And I believe your story is valuable. My story is valuable. Yeah. The next person that's on is valuable. Everyone's story is valuable to me. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from at the end of the day. Like yeah. I've had every walk of life on this show. It's amazing. People that have served life in prison, wrongfully convicted murderers, you name it, former gang members, people that have been higher ups and stuff like that, professional athletes, like everyone's been on this show. And it's just amazing to see the community you can build around yourself and with others. If you are intentional, like you said, with what you're doing in life, I believe my wholehearted purpose Years ago, this wasn't my bird, but I believe I'm here to, you know, help others in one way, one shape or form or another. Yeah, definitely. And this is a really good way of doing it because obviously if you're limited for time or if you find that you, you just don't have the resources right now to do more than you really want to, I just found like the podcast was a great way to try and help someone that at least. So I think I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way when they do these things, but you're right. Everyone has a story to tell and you can learn so much from everyone, which is why I hold these weekly discussion sessions on like Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces about these kind of topics uh, just to hear what people have to say. It's not something that I get involved with. I just ask questions because I'm just curious. I just want to know what people's experiences are of these kind of topics. It's really interesting to hear about things like what does disobedience mean to someone? Is that a good thing for you? Is that a bad thing for you? What's the connotations, you know, of that? But yeah, so you can learn so much from everyone, really. And what would be one of your favorite podcasts to date that you like listening to that someone else you think might get value from other than yourself or my podcast? Like, is there another good podcast that you listen to out there? Obviously, there's also all the big, the really big ones. You get the Brené Brown ones. And amazing. She's an amazing author. Isn't oh she? God. And also she's just a wonderful speaker. She, she just, has some true gems. She has some amazing quotes. <laughs> she really does. She's a quotable person for sure. Just the way she presents her ideas is just so palatable and easy to follow, especially when you're an academic or a social researcher. It's just really easy to follow her thoughts. And so I, I find her really obviously great to listen to. There's obviously other people like Glennon Doyle, who was also in the field, who was very famous for the mental health aspect, uh, living with her own sort of um, her own sort of issues. And she's obviously written several very best-selling books as a result. But just on a sort of a personal level, some of the people that I've made friends with are like Kate Hanley, How to Be a Better Person with Kate Hanley, which I thought was just such a wonderful thing. She wrote a book about it and it's really just simple things. It's just the simple acts that we do every single day. And she, she talks about it in her episodes and she releases an episode every single day, which is absolutely wow. So I think, you know, like, I think it's hard enough releasing two episodes a week. Absolutely. Holy cow. And I, I plan to add more in at some point. Like I, I would actually like to get to that point. Like even if, and I, I plan to do some solo episodes, more and more of those over the year here and stuff. And little tidbits, whether it's a five, 10 minute episode sort of thing. You don't need to make them long. My yeah. interviews are longer, but that's okay. That's where we're here to hear the other person's story and stuff and have a good old conversation. Exactly. And and that I, I love her philosophy about it because when I asked her about how, like, how can you do an episode today, I would go crazy just trying to 
be such a perfectionist and about it and trying to nitpick everything. And she said, that's the point. She said, I'm a perfectionist. And as a result, I made sure, make sure I post one every single day, even if the quality is not that great. The point is it forces me to do it. I love that you say that, like a mentor of mine said the same thing. He's, you know, Travis Brown, I got a huge shout out to him too. And little ad break a little bit. But I know if anyone's looking for a great app, kudos to Travis Brown, created this amazing app for podcasters, people that are interviewing people called Poddex. So head over to his Instagram page, Poddex, or find Travis Brown for great tips, you know, how to provide good social content and stuff like that over on Instagram, but amazing app. And that's where I get most of my questions from. And even better, I collaborated with him. He'll collaborate with people on different genres and different niches for decks. So him and he actually... We collabed on a mental health deck for his app as well. So there's 55 questions or whatever around mental health and stuff like that. And I think there's about, there's five to 6,000 plus questions on this app. And there's a few new decks every month that get added. So it's always updating content and stuff like that. So head over to Travis's page there and check out Pod Decks, everyone, and download that app on your phone. It's an amazing app. But uh, cool. I like, I like that you say that though, too, but you don't need to be a perfectionist or whatever. If, even if it's not the best work you put out, I mean, practice behind the camera. You don't have to put out everything that you do either. Like some of it might just be your own person for your own personal benefit to practice and stuff like that, but it's okay. Like just put it out right away. Like it doesn't have to be perfect either. If it sounds good to you, that's all that matters at the end of the day. It doesn't, don't worry about what others think. Because it doesn't matter. Everyone's entitled to their opinion and they, they're entitled to it. You're entitled to your own opinion. If you think it's a good piece of work, put it out. It doesn't have to be perfect either at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. And she made me feel so much more okay about recording because I was just like being so finickety about things. And, and so it was such a great philosophy to have is just to put it out there no matter what. The point is that you're putting it out there and yeah, it was a good philosophy to have, but God, there's so many amazing podcasters out there. I'm like, I literally have so many in my head that we could be here for just for hours, <laughs> just <laughs> like going through all of them because yeah, I've net, I've created small networks of podcasters in my own sort of using Instagram. We all kind of support each other because we all going through this sort of journey together and it can be hard. It could be disheartening sometimes, but just having each other's support and it's great just we us having chats with each other and things like that yeah I love that like having a little network of podcasters and stuff and I've been a part of those groups too you just got to keep that fire going in them I find like some of them can die off and they have but that's amazing where can they find you on Instagram though if they want to follow you what you're doing and stuff like that so I'm on at how to be 247 on Instagram and then you can find me on www.howtobe247.com and I'm on how to be 247 on Twitter, Facebook, and everything. So YouTube channel has all the interviews as well with all the authors. Check it out. Perfect. And there, is it video content over there? There's video content over there, including the book clubs. So yes, awesome. always controversial books. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. There's never nothing wrong with having a controversial talk too. Uh, you'll get healthy controversial chat is always welcome over here as well. Excellent. Excellent. That's, that's good to hear. And you can find your podcast on most major platforms and stuff like that as well, I presume. Yes. Spotify, Apple, everything. It's literally syndicated out to the, the entire world. So there you go. <laughs> she is not hidden. Definitely. Not. I hope you had an amazing time today on the show, Shashwadi. It was amazing having you on the show and chatting about your you know personal journey, 
what you've done, done in the work world with journalism and what you're doing today and with your podcast. And I really took away some of the great insightful tips shared with others struggling with mental health or with their physical disability. Remember, it doesn't matter what limitations you have in life. You know, Shishwadi is a proven to us here that anything can be done if you put your mind to it. I thank you again for coming on the show. No, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate being here and thank you for the invite. You're very welcome. Well, thank you for reaching out and uh, wanting to come on the show. It made, uh, made my day. And oh, it, it made, made my it day. Better, made it even better chatting with you finally and you know, meeting face-to-face through the interwebs. <laughs> oh, yes, the amazing interweb. So amazing. Thank you so much, Chris. You're welcome. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. You too. Enjoy your afternoon.